Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, thank you for joining me for episode 86 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find the detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 86. So this week's episode, I think, is incredibly relevant and important if you live in the United States. And before I get into it, I did want to let you know, I just don't want to forget this, that I've just opened enrollment to the 2X project. The application process for the 2X project is just open. This is my flagship coaching and training program for established writers and copywriters who are already earning somewhere between $30,000 and $80,000 a year or the part-time equivalent of that and who want to double that income over the next 18 months. So if you fit that category, that sounds like you, uh, make sure to check it out. This is the last opportunity I'll have for enrollment for a long while, certainly the last one this year. Uh, Applications are coming in actually pretty quickly. I think we are going to sell out this time around. So check it out at 2xb2b.com forward slash info as in information. 2xb2b.com forward slash info. All right. So back to the topic. I don't need to tell you guys that having access to health insurance used to be a challenge for many of us in the U.S. If you were self-employed in the U.S. until a few years ago, this is a huge problem, especially if you had any kind of pre-existing condition. That sounds like pre-existing conditions would be, you know, the really big stuff. But, you know, my experience has been just myself and talking to others, even little things that, you know, may have cropped up a couple of times in your life were considered by insurance companies pre-existing conditions and made it very, very difficult for you to uh, either get health insurance or get some uh, a health insurance policy that was even somewhat affordable. The passage of the Affordable Care Act in 2010, also called Obamacare, has made it possible for everyone in the U.S., regardless of pre-existing conditions, to finally purchase health insurance. That's good news, and I'm not going to get into the politics of all that. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I avoid politics and religion on this show like the plague. I think it's always a good idea in these formats to, to do that, at least when you do what I do. Um, so this is this is good news. I mean, just at least in terms of what it allows us to do and the fact that we can all have access to health insurance without the restrictions that we had before. Cost is a different issue, and we'll talk about that here. Uh, but the bad news about Obamacare is that the law is very complex. I found that most people don't understand their options or where they should shop for plans. I myself didn't know until very recently. I wasn't really sure. I've given up trying to decipher the complex issue. I've done a lot of research, and I still found lots of mixed and contradictory information out there. So instead of just trying to decipher this on my own and give you guys kind of the summary of what I found, I recently sought the help of an industry expert. And my guest for the show 
is a gentleman by the name of Jeff Smedsrud, and he is the co-founder and CEO of healthcare.com. Jeff is a leader in the health insurance industry. He's been growing insurance marketing companies for over 20 years. He has served as a healthcare reform advocate for much of his career, and he's intimately familiar with all the ins and outs of this new law and how it impacts self-employed professionals in the U.S. So with that, let's get right into that interview. Hey, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show. Well, I appreciate the opportunity and looking forward to our conversation. You know, this has been one of those topics that I keep getting asked about. And uh, my standard response is, you know what, I'm not really sure. Here's what I have. Here's what I've done. Um, I can, you know, all I can do is you know, point you in the right direction and you can figure it out. But uh, uh, I, I think a good place to start, Jeff, is to maybe if you can give us a quick primer of the Affordable Health Care Act, you know, what it's done, what it gives you, maybe what some the things that make it different from what we had prior to that. I think that would be a great place to to get our discussion going. Well, there's uh, appreciate uh, that. And it, you know, the Affordable Care Act, often called Obamacare, it's one and the same thing, um, does a number of things that fundamentally changes health insurance, particularly for those who buy it themselves. Uh, first of all, it eliminates medical underwriting, which means nobody can be denied coverage. And that's something that's plagued many self-employed people for many, many years is uh, not being able to get coverage when they need it. It creates a open enrollment period, which starts November 1st uh, and runs through February, in which everybody who wants coverage can buy. It also creates some opportunities throughout the year when you have what are called qualifying life events. You can continue to buy health insurance if you've moved, if you've changed job, if your income's changed. Uh, And I I can talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, It creates subsidies for individuals based on their income in which they get premium tax credits and help pay for the cost of health insurance. So somebody who's making $30,000 $30,000 a year, their, their health insurance may be $400 a month, but they're probably only going to be required to pay $75 to uh, $80 for that coverage. And it also creates kind of standards of benefits. And so all health insurance plans have to cover the same types of things. They break that down into levels of coverage, you know, with the bronze being the lowest coverage um, and a platinum plan being the most coverage, and in between uh, those is a silver and then a gold plan. So you you have different levels of coverage, but uh, all the plans have to cover the same 10 essential benefits. Uh, Everybody's guaranteed coverage. Nobody can be denied. There's some regulations, bond premiums, and then people get subsidies based on their income. So those are significant differences, and this sounds, sounds a lot like the health insurance that uh, I used to get when I was employed, right? I was able to, I didn't have to go through underwriting. There was an open enrollment period. There are qualifying life events. I didn't quite get subsidies, although the employees typically are subsidized by the, the employer, right? We typically, as an employee, don't pay the full premium. Yeah. And But, you know, one of the things we're seeing as, as a result of this now that everybody has access to care is that some employers are beginning to say, uh, to their employees, you know, Jeff or Ed, uh, you go out and buy your own coverage now. 
because you can't be denied coverage and it can be every bit as affordable based on your income uh, on your own than it has been through your company. So you're having more people shopping than ever before. For, for years and years, you know, there was about 40 million Americans who were uninsured about 12 to 15 million Americans who were buying their own insurance and about 40 million covered by small employers. Well, now all of those markets, this very small employer market, the uninsured market and individuals are all kind of in this new Obamacare market for health plans. And I'm curious now that you mentioned that is, um, what are you seeing a lot of employers go in that direction where they're saying, hey, go find your own? When they're saying that, are they no longer offering health insurance? We're, we're seeing some smaller employers, uh, sometimes referred to as, you know, micro groups, an employer with five to seven uh, employees. Uh, he's always he or she has always provided coverage because it was easier for the employees. And even though it was kind of a hassle for uh, that owner, uh, they provided plans. Now you're seeing a lot of those businesses say, uh, essentially, here's uh, a three or four hundred dollar a month pay increase. Uh, go buy your own coverage, and you actually can get it less expensively uh, that way because you may qualify for these subsidies. Okay, so let's um, let's talk a little bit about your options. Uh, I love the fact that there's no underwriting. I know that was an issue for us. Just we were okay, but when we were first applying in 2006, I was very nervous about that. And um, that's no longer an issue, so nobody can be denied. So if you're out there right now, you're self-employed, um, how do you start this process? Where do you go? I've heard of these exchanges. I've heard of uh, all these different places where you can go for this, healthcare.gov. What's the process? Well, you can, you can look lots of places, including uh, healthcare.com, which is our company. We're the uh, leading private uh, search and comparison site. Uh, more than 120,000 plans. Some 200 insurance carriers have all of their plans on our site. And you can anonymously shop uh, with us or a few other places where you just put in your age and your zip code. You don't have to give us your email and and give us too much personal information. If you just tell us your age and your zip code and number of family members, we can show you all the plans that are available in your area, what they would cost, uh, who's in uh, the, the provider networks, uh, you know, what types of coverage, what type of deductible you'd have, you know. And, and then, you know, we, we help people further by asking them if they want to share more information about their, their lifestyle, you know, what type of plans are better for them. Because, some of the plans are very inexpensive, uh, relatively so, uh, but have very high deductibles. And so other plans have lower deductibles, 500 or or $1,000 deductible, but come with a steep price. And so each individual has to kind of make their unique personal choice. Uh, if you've got young kids and some of them see the doctor routinely at and are on some ongoing prescription drug medication, uh, you probably don't want to plan with a five or $6,000 deductible, even though it looks attractive, because you're going to be paying a lot of money out of pocket. So that's what you know we do at healthcare.com is help people. There are other sites uh, like ours. You can also go to healthcare.gov uh, and find plans that are available if your income is at a certain level. Uh, you can get subsidies through healthcare.gov or your state-based exchanges. Most of the states 
uh, work with healthcare.gov, but some some states don't. Um, California being uh, one, New York another. Um, so there, there's a lot of choices out there online and for individuals to, to comparison shop. They can also work with local brokers. Uh, local insurance agents can help them through uh, a lot of those difficult questions, too, and we certainly encourage that. Is there a particular situation or situations where you're better off going to one source or the other? So you mentioned, you know, if, if you uh, if your income is is a little bit lower, that you are better off going straight to your, your state's website or exchange versus well, going somewhere else. The, you, you can shop a lot of different places and we show people at healthcare.com all the plans that are available uh, on the state exchanges and at healthcare.gov. But if you're ultimately uh, applying for a plan that's eligible for a subsidy, you'd need to touch and go through the state or the federal exchange because they're the only ones that can verify your income for subsidy eligibility. As to what type of people should you know, buy online or buy over the phone or see an agent, that's really an interesting, unique choice. Uh, we have people um, request to have an agent come to see them that are 27 years old and have no health conditions, and it's a pretty straightforward process to enroll in a plan. And, and then we have others that uh, have large families that like to do everything online and, and fill out the applications. It, it does take some time, but uh, you can enroll for health insurance online. You can work with a local agent. Um, you can talk to somebody that's a licensed agent in a call center. So there's a lot of choices for individuals. And in terms of how you know if you'll qualify for subsidies, are there very specific guidelines that are easy to interpret, or do you have to go through this whole process to figure that out? Yeah, there, there's pretty. It, it's based on your income, and it's uh, you know up to uh, you know people up to I think ninety two thousand dollars for a family uh, can qualify for some level of financial assistance, and there's lots of. Uh, calculators out there. We have one at healthcare.com. You could go to healthinsurance.org. They have one. Kaiser um, has a wonderful little calculator that you can go to kaiser.org and and, and quickly just in, enter your income, your household income, your number of members in your household, and it'll tell you if you're eligible for a subsidy and how much your subsidy will be. So, okay. You now, the actual process of filling up the required forms, you know, it gets to be a little, that uh, takes some time still. But getting a ballpark estimate is pretty easy. Now, in terms of um, uh, what about those of us who had a plan and that was grandfathered into into the system? Uh, so in my case, I've kept our plan that we've had since 2006. Uh, how do you know if how it compares to something else? I mean, it, how Obviously, it was it was strong enough that it qualified, that it didn't get canceled. But how do I know what else is out there? How do I compare that? Well, you should every year um, just do a little shopping um, and compare your plan, what your network of physicians uh, and providers are, what your deductible is, what your monthly premium is, and compare that on on shopping sites like like ours at healthcare.com and and others. And the interesting thing is there's a huge variation in premiums. And literally, consumers could save 
thousands of dollars by by shopping and comparing prices. We released a uh, kind of a fun news release this morning uh, on the eve of the Republican presidential debate. We did an analysis that said, what if the presidential candidates had to buy health insurance just like the rest of us? What would they pay? And how much could they uh, save by shopping around? And it was interesting, the average presidential candidate would have 81 choices of a health plan and could save an average of $2,600 each by shopping and comparing prices. So if it works for a presidential candidate, it it works for everybody else. Uh, The key message is to compare prices. Wow. And I've seen that variability. I've heard of it. I haven't gone through it myself. I shopped this, uh, I guess, last year, but um, now it's it's coming time to do this again. So tell me about the open enrollment. I know that starts November 1st. It goes through February. When can you start shopping around and when can you go ahead and start taking action? Well, you can start shopping on November 1st to buy plans that begin in January 1 of 2016. The last day to have a plan that starts on January 1 of 2016 is December 15th of 2015. So, um, and most of the plans will be updated in the days and weeks before November 1st. So uh, until then, you're really looking at 2015 pricing if you're comparing prices and plans have gone up in 2016, anywhere from three to four percent to uh, uh, some plans in my home state of Minnesota, the largest carrier is increasing uh, its rates by 53 percent. Wow! So that's uh, you, it's huge differences for consumers, and that's the thing most people just don't spend enough time thinking about. That there's can be these wide variations in in what the premium is, even though the plans cover essentially the same things. So why the variability? Uh, it's anything from companies that wanted to win business by having lower prices than their competitors, companies that made a bad bet two years ago and got too much business and not enough, uh, too many claims and not enough premium and are now increasing their rates. Um, yeah, you see a little bit of this in auto insurance. Uh, until the market settles down, it's only been, this is the third open enrollment period, you're going to see a lot of sharp swings in prices. Um, and it may settle down over time, but right now there's just huge variabilities. And, you know, one of the things that uh, that I like about the the new system is the the fact that what's kept me from from going elsewhere is that I know what our plan is about. I, I, I like it. Uh, I know I, there's no surprises. Um, I'm afraid of jumping ship going somewhere else and having it be not not a pleasant experience. But then again, there, every year there's an open enrollment period. So the, the risk is really limited to a year, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And if you move, if there's a change in your income, if uh, you have a different position, uh, if you get married, divorced, uh, you have generally 60 days uh, after that qualifying life event uh, to continue to shop for coverage. You know, the, the, the other thing that uh, we should touch upon a little bit is penalties. Uh, if you do not purchase health insurance, and you financially are able to, and there are many people who have in the past not purchased health insurance and kind of 
feel that they're healthy and they don't need it or kind of gamble that uh, they'll get the care from the providers anyway. If you don't purchase health insurance, uh, there's a penalty, and that penalty is going up every year, and next year it'll be, I believe, 2.5% uh, of your income. So a typical individual could be facing a penalty of six to $700 just for the individual and maybe as much as two to $3,000 for a family if they choose not to buy coverage. And, and that's something people need to, to consider. Now, if your income is low, very low, uh, you're probably going to be exempt from that penalty. But if you're middle income and just choosing not to go without health insurance, you're liable to be hit with a, a penalty for not buying coverage. What's the reasoning behind that, that if you don't do it, uh, there's a high chance that somebody else is going to have to take care of you, the state, well, or what have you? There, there's a couple of reasons. One is the system works better and health insurance works better if there's no easy way to game it. In, in other words, no way to buy health insurance on the way to the hospital and then drop it as soon as you've had... Uh, your medical uh, work done. So you need to find a way to get people who are healthy as well as those that are not so healthy into a healthcare pool and have them stay in that pool. Um, and, and that's the big reason that uh, there, there's a penalty and an open enrollment period is, is to force people to, to take some action. So in, in terms of all the different options, um, it, I find it overwhelming. Uh, there's, of course, the, 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 of course, the premium there are things like deductibles. Those, those are pretty straightforward. But comparing these plans seems to be overwhelming. I mean, what factors, what variables should people look at? They, they need to look at what providers are in a network. It's very important. They need to look at the RX plans that are covered and what types of drugs that are in what's called a formulary. Um, you need to look at a deductible. Um, and then finally, you know, I think you, you need to uh, be aware of what type of metal plan that you should should buy. For example, if you're uh, under 150% of the, the poverty level, and if you buy a silver plan, you're eligible to uh, get a reduction in the amount of your deductible. However, if you buy a bronze plan, um, you're not eligible for that. So, there's somewhat of a maddening set of rules that go along with purchasing health insurance. And again, you know, it's sites like healthcare.com help consumers kind of navigate through all those things. But key things are providers, what RX is covered, what your deductible is, how much you plan to use health insurance. Um, and then, uh, you know, your familiarity with the company that's involved, because ultimately that company uh, needs to be a trustworthy company that's going to pay claims. Is there? How do you check that out? Are there ratings out there that you could look up? Well, you can look up AM Best ratings, um, but uh, and I think trusted brands are important. Um, and so I, th I think those types of things are, are key. And you may get some good advice from an agent about different companies. But you know what doesn't exist yes yet is the same sort of uh, you know, trip advisor or ratings that, that come from a, a community of users about health plans and their claims experience. And I think that'll, that will evolve over time. You know, you're gonna, if, if you're slow paying claims, uh, 
your your users out there will post comments about you, and uh, that'll have an impact. Yeah, there'll be no hiding then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you guys do to make that easier, because it seems like a, uh, you found an automated automated way of giving consumers very quick information on pricing and options. But for people, I think most of us really fall into this category. We have special circumstances, you know, so many kids, frequency of visits, all these different situations, maybe an existing condition. Um, How do you help people make that decision and make it less overwhelming? Well, we, we try to make it as easy as possible by uh, clustering information so that you can get, a pretty good set of information just by telling us your age, your income, and your family size, and then allowing individuals to voluntarily uh, tell us more. And the more information we have at our disposal, we can have our our brainy geeks run their algorithms that say, here's what somebody and other people like you who have a similar situation, these are the types of plans that they've chosen. And, and I think that's reassuring to to consumers to, to find out that, you know, 200 people like you picked a plan like this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that. I, I think it's just, I found it so overwhelming in the past. You know, there's so many different options and then comparing what you have now to those options, it's, um, it can be very difficult in, 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 uh, an anxious process to make the right decision, especially if you know, it's going to be a year before you can change. And, you know, the, the other thing that people often think of health insurance purchasing is so intimidating that they don't want to spend much time doing it. And yet, for many, many households, the purchase of a health insurance plan is the most expensive and crucial decision they'll make. It, it can be even more costly uh, than their mortgage on their home. And we we just need to help people and get people comfortable that they need to spend 30 minutes, an hour, two hours uh, really reviewing their health insurance plan and not just saying, boy, I don't like to do this, so I'm going to make a quick, fast decision and get it done with. Um, and that's, we've got to make it fun. We've got to make it easier. we got to, in the insurance industry, learn to speak consumer language and not speak like insurance geeks all the time. Um but we're, we're kind of pushing the envelope and trying to get people to change. So going back to, to a question earlier about underwriting, because um, I think this is, this is something that has come up a lot with people who have pre-existing conditions, especially something pretty significant, like they're going through cancer treatments, uh, you know, big things like that. Are there um, any either limitations or things to keep in mind when you're looking at other options and you have something like that in your family? Um, well, there's no li- limitations on, and there's no lifetime maximums on, on what's are considered covered expenses. It's real important though, if you have a significant illness to really understand your network and which providers are in network, because if they're in network, you might pay a deductible, and once you've hit your deductible, the plan is going to pay 100% of everything else. But if your provider that's in a specialty uh, is out of network, you might pay 50% of the cost for the next you know, $20,000. And in some instances, you're on the hook for substantial amounts of money if your provider is out of network. So if you do have 
uh, a significant illness that requires some ongoing uh, treatment, it's just doubly important to understand which providers are in network and get some proof and reassurance from your insurance company that Dr. Smith is is one of the network providers and, and really spend time and, and force, force that conversation with the insurance company. More reason to spend that time looking at that. Absolutely. Um, so a couple of quick questions and then we'll, we'll wrap up. One is I'm curious how, uh, how Medicare comes into play here. So let's say that you're, you know, 67, 68 years old. Uh, how, how does that factor into your decision to, to purchase insurance? Well, if you're over the age of 65, you, everybody's eligible for Medicare and can be eligible for Medicare with some special ex- circumstances under the age of 65. You can choose what's called original Medicare and then buy a Medicare supplement and you can shop at all kinds of places like eHealth and we help connect people on, on Medicare options as well. Um, so most people on Medicare uh, choose to buy a Medicare supplement. Uh, a growing number of people are buying what are called Medicare Advantage plans, um, which have no premium attached to them. Um, so very little out or very little premium, little cost to the individual. But the the network of providers uh, that are covered by a specific Medicare Advantage plan might be severely restricted. So it, it's the same sort of process for consumers over the age of sixty five. Um, that they need to shop, they need to look, there's an open enrollment period, they need to understand uh, what's covered in their plan and and which providers are in there. One last question. Anything that I didn't ask you about, anything that you feel is really important related to this issue that many, maybe a lot of people aren't asking about or thinking through? Well, the the important thing is, is to shop. And, and to ask the questions and, and know that we all tend to think that next year nothing bad is going to happen to us. And so we kind of have a bias to pick the least expensive plan and often regret it because it's the plan with the highest deductible. And inevitably, something always goes wrong in life and there's always this accident or illness that uh, a family didn't expect. So I, I, I think it's important f- for people to do a good reality check of how they might utilize their health plan and then pick the plan that's appropriate for that realistic situation. seems like a lot of people don't think about what would happen uh, when for, for everything that insurance wouldn't cover or up to that big deductible, right? Everyone just kind of assumes, well, They'll be taken care of somehow, but um, this could get really, really expensive. No, no one likes to think about what happens when you get sick. I mean, but I mean, the good news is that there are plans are out there. You cannot be denied coverage. You can qualify for subsidies. Uh, everybody's eligible, uh, and those are very, very positive things. You know, at the end of the day, uh, there may be lots of little things wrong with Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act, and they talk about repealing and replacing it, and maybe they'll change it a little bit. But in the end, nobody can be denied coverage. Everybody should have access to affordable coverage because they can get subsidies, and people can compare plans because all the plans have to cover the same essential benefits. And the last thing is it's forcing transparency. 
the result of healthcare reform is that providers are being forced to tell people what procedures actually cost. Insurance companies are being forced to tell the consumers which providers are in your network. And it's driving a lot of innovation. Little companies like ours are sprouting up and getting funding and changing the way the insurance business works. So it's uh, it's an interesting time. So lastly, uh, healthcare.com, where can people go there? Is it pretty self-explanatory? Just go there and you can shop for plans? Yeah, just come to healthcare.com and uh, we'll we'll do the rest and and help make it as uh, easy as possible to help you find the plan that best fits you and connect you with an insurance agent or a call center or enrolling online, however a consumer wants to proceed. Jeff, thanks so much. You've uh, added a lot of clarity to this issue, and I appreciate uh, your time and your insights today. Well, thank you for having me on on your program, and uh, best wishes always. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview, that you got some valuable information out of that, and that this will guide your decisions, especially as we approach and enter the open enrollment period. I wanted to remind you again that you can grab the details show notes for this episode at b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 86. And you know what? I have a favor to ask of you. If you found this particular episode helpful, would you do me a favor and forward it to a colleague whom you think might find it helpful as well? I think, again, this information is too important for us in the U.S. to just kind of keep it to ourselves. If you think other colleagues and friends could benefit from it, please uh, just forward it on. The easiest way to do that is to use any of the sharing buttons that you'll find on the show notes page. Again, b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 86. So thanks for considering that. And I have just one quick announcement, which I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, The application process for the 2X project has just opened up, Uh, getting quite a few applications. We're going to close that window very soon. In fact, next week is the deadline to apply. And the 2X project is geared towards freelance writers and copywriters earning between about $30,000 to about $80,000 a year or the part-time equivalent of that who want to double that income over the next 18 months. I know doubling your income sounds like a little bit of hype. It sounds a little bit far-fetched, but believe me, I've worked with a lot of writers in the past and here's what I've found. If you're already in that bracket and you've been stuck there for a while, it's actually a lot easier to break out of it than you can imagine. Chances are that if you haven't been able to do it on your own, it's not because of a lack of skill or experience or intelligence. It has to do mostly with using and applying the wrong strategy. I have a track record of working with established copywriters and writers to help them break out of that income range relatively quickly. If you are, if you fit that category, I'd love for you to consider it. And you can learn more about it at 2xb2b.com forward slash info. 2xb2b, the number two in there. 2xb2b.com forward slash info. So that brings us to the end of the episode. Again, I am your host, Ed Gandia. Thanks so much for listening. And I hope you have an awesome day. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.